0: Hey, church family! Welcome back. We're doing some more Ask the Elder questions, and so uh, I just like to go around and introduce everybody, and, and then we'll get started. So uh, we'll start on my right and work clockwise, because you know that's how America works, apparently. <laughs> I'm David Holt. I'm Ryan Wilden. Larry Schweif, Jeffrey Bass.
1: Alistair Curley.
0: And we want to welcome Larry back to Mount Shasta from his uh, his long-term vacation down in Arizona. Um, So the first question that we're going to tackle, well, the question that we're going to tackle for this video is, um, I'm going to read it because that's the easiest way to go. And the dead air is just so much fun, too. You know, I know that you guys really love the dead air. Um, So it's, what does the Bible say about submission to government? And so we're going to try and tackle... um, what we found Scripture says about submitting to government because obviously we are in um, coronavirus, which makes it topical, but it uh, really applies to our whole life, and, and even after we come out of this and, and whatever we're we're dealing with, this will be um, this will be the question that that follows us everywhere. So let's go ahead and start. Um, I think, uh, Alistair, do you have Romans by
1: chance? I do. So think-
0: I think that's the that's the easiest starting point. Is is Romans? So. I'll Turn to the house, and you can read
1: Romans 13 for us. Cool. I'll read Romans 13, 1 through 7. It says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong." Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you, for he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor.
0: Yeah, so I think, right, that, that lays out pretty clear groundwork. It says that we are supposed to submit to the authority. I think um, that, that as a balance point, right, is... What was that society? That was the Roman society. That was probably one of the most oppressive governments to Christians in the world. Um, that's definitely at that time, um, and maybe ever. So even in that setting,
2: he's still calling for Christians to submit to authority. I also think the background of the question, I think, is also important to ask, because I think it's, it's really a Western church question. Um, specifically for us, an American question, because we're so used to personal freedom and liberty and the ability to make our own decisions. Um, And I think it's important to recognize within that, you know, we are all so affected by our background, by our culture, by, you know, the Constitution, all the things that we love and respect. I, I think we all agree with that. But unfortunately, we as followers of Jesus need to go by scriptures as our litmus test. Mm -hmm. And I think even the background of that is that I think if you went to China, or if you went to many other nations in the world right now, they would look puzzled and go, well, yes, we're submitting to the ruling authorities. Um, And uh, except with the exception that we're going to talk about when the ruling authorities tell us specifically that we can't do something that God commands us to do. So the background is important to that, Um, I I think.
1: Um, the important thing that we see here in Romans 13 is that government isn't something that is human made, it's not something that we in you know sinful humanity have created, it's something that has been established by God um, and it's been established to uh, provide justice, to provide protection, to provide security for, for people, um, and so you see in um, Romans 13, 3 for rulers hold no terror for those who do right but for those who do wrong um, this this thought of they're there to provide protection for these groups of people um, that's what God has instituted but what we end up seeing in a, a fallen human world is that can go good or bad and that's where this question comes up of uh, do we sub- how do we submit to to governments to these authorities that are over us um, when either when it's good or bad
2: I think, again, um, we should also go to the pattern of scripture um, uh, to really discuss that. And, um, you know, we all mentioned earlier that several uh, scriptures really come to mind. The Daniel is probably one of the greatest examples. Um, As we all know, kind of remember the, the many, many Jews were brought to Babylon and were under their authority and numerous things came up, you know, throughout that that's worth reading in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 3, and Daniel chapter 6. You know, briefly, you know, the idea of how they responded to the ruling authorities, which they submitted to them until they were called to do something that was completely not scriptural. You know, they didn't defile themselves with the food that was, that was you know, dedicated to idols. Uh, but even how they did that, they asked permission. They asked permission of the person who was there, ruling. Uh, what was he? A chief. Yeah, he was yeah, um, their overseer or whatever. And, and he, he,
0: <laughs> Daniel asked him with a challenge. It's like, let us eat the God, you know, the 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 foods of our God, and we'll see. You know, will we be stronger? Will your people, your guys, be stronger at the end? And when they came out, they were, you know, in much
2: better shape. And they goes, okay, your way works. We can go with that. And how about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What was the issue there?
1: That they didn't want to bow to a, uh, a,
0: yeah. a and to so, yeah, an idol of the king.
1: And so the the punishment was to be <laughs> was it was that thrown into the fire or the lions then? Daniel's yes. lions then. Yeah. Well,
2: he Nebuchadnezzar used to say. We're gonna cut you to pieces and turn your house into rubble. Yeah, that was typically what he said. But yeah, yeah fiery furnace, right?
1: Um, and what's interesting in that is we don't see those guys rebelling against the consequences of what the authority has established. They submit to what the consequences of those actions are. They they don't fault, they don't want to bow to those idols, but they're willing to take the consequences of that and you know and they end up saying what is the line they end up saying Dave do you have it there uh, for, um, for Shadrach Meshach even
2: if I mean, you do you mean what they respond to him ultimately yeah or just what the cop in the midst of their consequences um, yes in the midst of their consequences after he has threatened them they basically say King Nebuchadnezzar we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter if we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from you, from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we, will, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Yep. And it's big enough, you know, and then to go to Daniel in the lion's den, um, that's, which is a great story in Daniel 6. You know, Darius the king sets up uh, Daniel with two other administrators. And Daniel so excels that he's going to put him in charge of the entire kingdom. Um, But interesting, so everyone else tries to have a plot. And I quote from Daniel 6, uh, verse 4, it says, They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said... We will never find any basis for charge against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his gods. And to me, that's, he is so, within his society, doing an amazing job that he's being recognized as that and all they can fault him with. And by the way, when they make up the rule that anyone who prays is going to be thrown, he doesn't protest. He doesn't yell and scream. But what does it say that he does? He basically says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. He just kept doing what God had called him to do. So, good pattern.
0: And also didn't rebel against the consequences of, God has called me to this, so I'm okay hopping in the lines. Then I mean, I'm sure he didn't love the idea. Um, yeah, and, and obviously the pattern of Scripture, like right, we we're talking about, you know, it, it it it's more than just Romans, where it says to submit to authority, Titus three one. Remember, uh, remind them to submit to the, to the rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. I it gives a list of things that you want to be known for and not known for. Um, um, I think we also have like a call um, with how. How we are in society, right? So the Bible uses the word Gentiles, which is just unbelievers, which means anybody that's not a believer. So when we go out these doors, um, when you go out your doors, at some point um, you're going to be in the world of the Gentiles, the world of unbelievers, um, and, and it gives it gives pretty good, I think, uh, direction there too. Um, you know, in Peter, First uh, Peter two ten through seventeen, I like kind of gives the before and after um, in First Peter 2:10, uh, um, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably in, against the Gentiles so that when they slander your every slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify They will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day that He visits. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether emperor um, or uh, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to the governors as those set out by Him to punish those who do what is evil, and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will. Um, that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good." So I think you know, it, it talks a lot about, A, how we're supposed to respond um, to authorities, um, and how we're supposed to respond to our fellow you know, Americans, in this case,
2: um, when we go out. Jeff, you said this made you really uncomfortable reading this last night. Can you kind of expand on that? Yeah, so I think, you know, to finish off where,
3: where Ryan was reading there in First Peter two ten, verses sixteen through seventeen, he says, As free, not using liberty as a cloak for advice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. So, you know, as as an American, right, um, I'm all about the constitution. I'm all about my rights, all about my freedom. So as I start thinking about how our culture is going and as I hear um, rumors of, of our guns being taken away, our right to speak being taken away, our rights as individuals being taken away, I start to feel myself standing, you know, standing rigid, not wanting to submit to those things. And how far do I go with those things? So as I look at these passages, I start seeing that my first calling is Jesus to Jesus Christ and to his example, right? He was falsely accused. He was falsely um, treated, um, yet he still submitted to the authorities. To his death, he submitted. So, again, I think Ryan brought up a good point earlier when we were talking that, you know, in within our government, within the way we operate as a country, we have certain um, laws and regulations that give us some ways to defend ourselves. It may not be with a gun. It may not be with the words that I say, but there are laws and stuff that I can use to defend those certain um, unalienable rights that we've been given, right? But at the same time, we need to make sure that our ultimate goal is that God is glorified and that um, we don't use
4: our freedom
3: to support our own vice, he says, right? Not to support our own agenda. Not what I want, but what God wants. So yeah, for me as an as an American, right, (laughs) I've been brought up and been taught all my life that these are my rights. These are this is what I am, what's due to me, right. So that's a that's a dangerous that's a dangerous um, stance to hold when I set that against Scripture and what God's calling me to do. So again, as long as the government or the the governors or whoever is, is not asking me to disobey. I think I'm at some sort of responsibility to submit.
4: Larry? I think it's important that that we remember that God is the one, as Alistair pointed out in Romans 13, God is the one who sets up governments. And whether we like what the government's doing or not, whether we agree with what the government's doing or not, this is God's government. And we struggle with that, especially when we see them doing things that we don't agree with and that we would prefer they not do. But until they mandate us to do something that contradicts or goes against God, we are to have a submissive attitude to the point where we're praying for our leaders. And uh, um, that kind of... Some of that kind of sticks in our throat sideways you know it just it just doesn't go down easy but but we need to we need to constantly remind ourselves that god is the one who sets up our government Yeah. Right. no i mean it's
0: it's it's one of those like jeff said you know kind of makes you stand rigid when you start talking about all these things but the reality is and, and i think where this plays out beyond coronavirus is that it, it like you were saying earlier Dave. it's like the speed limit right we're choosing when we choose to break the speed limit. We're choosing not to submit to the authority that God's placed over us, whether we like the speed limit or not, or you know whether it's safe or it's not safe. I mean, that's really not, not our call. Um, you know, you, could, you can even even if you want to get super intellectual on it, you could you could come up with all kinds of studies that say, and, and you know, people are doing that now with coronavirus, and they'll do that with with driving, and it's like, well, you know, older people statistically crash more once you get into that older bracket so you know we pick us we pick a medium and a medium and we can find all kinds of things but that's not the point the point is as christians we're called to submit you know whatever that is whether it's jaywalking or speeding or or, you know pick a pick a new topic but but it really is um, something that that i think myself you know i struggle with daily and don't even realize it you know sometimes it's it's i'm i'm not submitting on those little things because when we get to the big things right when we talk about the the quote unquote murder, bigger sins right <laughs> yeah like murder right <laughs> don't struggle with that you know It's not, not something i'm not something that's phasing me but but when we talk about lying yeah because because lying isn't just like oh you know i didn't uh, you know, whatever I didn't kill so like, and so, like I did. It's I didn't speed, right? And I did, or or just those lies of omission. It's like, boy, you got here pretty quick, right? Yeah, you know, not much traffic today. <laughs>
1: and I went eighty. I think in a school zone. I think one thing that sort of is the subtlety behind this question is this idea of submitting, mm-hmm. and I think that goes all the way back to the garden, right? Um, we see this <laughs> This we as fallen humans we, we want autonomy we want to have the say we want to do what we want to do and someone else telling me what to do doesn't jive with my own desires right? and so whether it's the speed limit or if it's sheltering in place or whatever it may be it's ultimately grinding against our, our sinful human nature and that's what gets us so stirred up at times I want
2: to do what I want to do
1: exactly So I think that's it's important to notice that and to notice that within ourselves as um, you know we get agitated or go rigid. And I think there are times when we go you know when we get uh, frustrated with you know certain laws or rulings because it is unjust or you know something like that where it is going against something that is good. But I think majority of the time for us, especially in America. It's going against what our own selfish desires are, sure. um, <laughs> so, what, our, what our comfort is. Yeah, and so in light of that, I think um, Larry mentioned it earlier in First uh, Timothy two, uh, starting in verse one. It says, "I urge you then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness." This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. I mean, Paul is telling Timothy, the guy he's like invested his life in, and Paul who has been persecuted and is in Rome and all these things, he's telling Timothy, pray for your leaders, pray for those who are making these decisions. And ultimately when we're praying for other people, it typically humbles our hearts because we're actually starting to show compassion for them in praying for them, you know, and Jesus tells us to pray for those who persecute you, pray for your enemies, so in the worst of circumstances when the government is truly against um, God himself, we're still called to pray for them um, and to live in a light that's going to bring glory to God, and so I think in this whole submission topic, we need to to see the ways in which our hearts are being challenged and to see how we can bring glory to God in submitting and in
2: praying for our leaders. And to dovetail on top of what Alistair just said in 1 Peter 2 again, it says, live such godly good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. I just think it's, I think the the main takeaway point that we as elders I think agree with is if we're going to be offensive, it needs to be for Jesus. If we're going to be disobedient, it needs to be for our faith of following Christ. Not because we're offensive because of what we believe in as an American, that's important, but that's not the default. The default needs to be, you know, gosh, Dave offends me, man, I'm tired of him always talking about Jesus. Or always talking about, I mean, that's what we want our church to reflect. We want. Not a political view, not an e- economic view. We want to reflect, wow, they're following Christ. Right. It's the intent, right? The intent. Your intent is
3: not to, to offend somebody or do it just because you want to stand up against the governing authority. Mm-hmm. But your intent is to honor God in what He tells us to do. Yep. And in that honoring God, you are going to offend somebody. You are going to, to, you know, to, to, to appear as if you are being disobedient. I think another thought that comes to my mind too is that, you know, we are so, so human, right? And we don't see the bigger picture. God sees the huge ultimate picture. So when he sets up the parameters by which we should live our lives, it's from a standpoint that going to benefit the whole. It's not for my individual benefit, though I may benefit as an individual. <clears throat> so in much the same way, The government is doing some of the same things, and I think Ryan kind of alluded to that with the law, right? We don't. I could probably say that I could drive at eighty and drive just as safe as somebody else driving at fifty-five because I can handle my car better. At least I would like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, the government has said fifty-five is the safest for all across the board for the benefit of the whole. It's not for the speed limit is not for me individually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe, exactly. maybe my history may not prove that, <laughs> but <laughs> um, regardless, God's God's purpose is, is ultimately way bigger than what we can see. Yeah. And for me to for me to say that my rights <clears throat> trump God's um, God's will or God's who He's putting authority over me. Dangerous
0: road Wayne. Anybody have any any other thoughts before? I have kind of just this statement that I think wraps it up. Um, and I'll ask you guys if you agree, but I don't want to cut off before if you have any other thoughts. Okay, so so here's, here's where I think that we land. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously opening this up for more discussion right now. But um, submission means that we have a strong tendency to defer to the judgment of the authority that God's put over us unless it involves... Obvious sin before God. Yeah,
2: that's accurate.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Um, I hope this helped you guys. Uh, it, it sure, surely will. You know, stir up some more discussion. I'm sure between uh, when you're watching this, but um, this is this is kind of where we see where the Bible is is landing, and and we hope that uh, that helped you and and maybe answer the question a little bit better for you guys. So. Have a great day. Thanks for watching. Um, Continue to submit your questions to the elders. We really appreciate it. Uh, Have a great day.